0: In this episode of the Surrey Woman Art Talks podcast, I feature sculptor-painter Maria Guzman Capron. She was born in Italy to Colombian and Peruvian parents and currently lives and works in Oakland, California. She received an MFA from California College of the Arts and her BFA from the University of Houston. Her recent exhibitions include Body Spray at Buffalo Institute for Contemporary Art in Buffalo, New York, "Don't Eat Me." at Delhi Gallery in Brooklyn, New York, and through her eye at Mana Contemporary in Chicago, Illinois. She is a co-founder and past member of Controlled Shift Collective, an exhibition space, and 13 studios located in West Oakland. The organization operates with an emphasis on collaborating with underrepresented arts communities, including women artists, artists of color, queer, and non-binary artists. She also works as a full-time mother and part-time facilitator at NIAD Arts Center, a progressive art studio helping more than 60 artists with disabilities create art. Enjoy this episode of the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast and welcome Maria Guzman Capron. Maria, welcome. Thank you for joining me today on my Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Phyllis, for having me. I'm very excited about talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. So we're
0: going to jump right into talking about you. Um, When did you discover your artistic passion?
1: Well, that was uh, from a very young age. I think as a kid, I, I mean, I just loved to draw, and it was something I did all the time. Um, but I also was very lucky to have parents that were very supportive and they had interest in art. Um, my father loved, uh, like impressionism, cubism, he, and it was something that he like gave me that passion too, and took me to museums. Um, I mean, I was born in Italy and so there was a lot of art to see as well. but yes, I think that's where, where it comes from, from a childhood of, of looking at a lot of art. Do, do you recall what type of work um, first inspired you? Yes, I think it's just, um, like I said, we, we traveled around Italy and there was, uh, we went to the Uffizi in Florence. And uh, there was the, the Medusa by Caravaggio, the mm. one on, on the shield. <laughs> And I, I still remember that. I remember looking at that and the, the expression in in her face, the monstrosity that was uh, that was like characteristic of her, and being completely enchanted by it. And, and it, I found I found it to be exciting that that woman was portrayed, and even though there was horror as part of it, you know, it was just. That was what uh, it's it's stuck in my in my mind, and I think it's like after getting out, my parents, um, we were all talking with some other friends, and I was like, "That's what I want to do," <laughs> you know. I don't know. How old were you? I think it was like in elementary school, like uh, like probably around nine, ten, you know. Mm-hmm. And that experience,
0: that image, sort of implanting itself in your brain um are those memories in your work
1: i think um i mean what i believe is that uh, every piece is built upon like the one that came before right so there it is like my art practice is like a person and so it couldn't be here looking the way it is if it wasn't for everything that happened before And so that first image, that first experience is part of it in some way uh, and everything that came after. So I think I I can see how there is a relationship with that type of um, of a woman that is not that is powerful. You know, even though that that she was was killed, she had superpowers. She had uh, people feared her. Uh, there was a monstrosity uh, of, of, of her that, that I admire. And I think my characters, the figures that I portray now, have some of those characteristics, are calling for uh, owning a certain power.
0: Hmm. Interesting. And what motivates you to use the materials that you use? Let, let's talk about your sculptures.
1: Well, you know, I think at the at the basis... I work with like textiles and fabric, but that happened, like I went to the University of Houston for a painting major, right? And, uh, but I was very new to the country, to the United States. And I learned about thrift stores, punk rock music, all those influences were coming in. And, but specifically going to thrift stores and seeing the variety of um, domestic kind of, um, uh, objects like tablecloths, curtains, but all from different times, mixed in together. So different patterns, different color palettes, all of this influenced me right then. And I decided to start working that I wanted to work with fabric that I wanted to figure out how to make artwork with this material, even though I was going through a painting program. And so um, I think this is where it started. It's, uh, and, and from there is a long process of figuring out how to use it, how to make the wall hangings that I make now. That's been years in the making. The sculptures also that, I, that, you're, that you're talking about. It, I figure out new ways of making them. I think every time I approach the subject that I want to portray.
0: And what does your studio look like now?
1: So this is a little funny because I'm actually um, starting to pack up a little bit my studio because I'm going to move to another one. But uh, my studio on the regular is I have a couple of dressers full of fabric. there. like, it's kind of bursting out <laughs> of the drawers. I have three very large baskets. Where there I also keep fabric that I just don't like to organize, but I'm just like this is where I can just dig through um, and I also some bit I there's fabric everywhere that's pretty much how my studio looks. usually there's little bits of color and pattern all over the ground too i I sweep, but it just comes back every time I work <laughs> I'm cutting and like uh so in that process, there's like fabricos everywhere, and uh, I try to keep. Uh, I have a couple of pieces usually that I work at the same time. So once I get kind of towards the ending of one piece, I start another one. Then I work on that one. Then they're both kind of like getting finalized, and that's where I make a lot of decisions. Uh, it helps me to see what came before the piece that I'm working on now. To f- It's just a back and forth, a kind of dialogue that happens between them. Um, So, yeah, it's a bit messy in general.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's allowed. That's certainly allowed. Um, So what overcomes you when you decide to walk into your studio and actually work?
1: So for me, it's very important to kind of, I feel like there's so much coming all around us, like the context of our lives is so busy, convoluted, I'm a mother as well. So I think I have that kind of personality too, that it's like, okay, I'm, I'm responsible for somebody else. But when I go into my studio, I want to be completely irresponsible. I don't want to have that kind of man- mindset. I often put on music very loud uh, with a good rhythm that makes you want to dance <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and just like feel that rhythm like allow my body to be more present more than my mind more than that conscious um part of us that we're always relying on and at that point then i started looking for fabric patterns color seeing what i am attracted to and and really it's almost like playing it's almost like having um letting go of like all the worries and having having a moment of just um, that, that feels very intuitive in some way. Uh, that feels fun and exciting. That is very important that the work feels, when I'm making work, that it feels good.
0: Mm-hmm. So I, I was looking at, um, your website is, is great, the work titled Chiquita Falls. Oh, yes. So that is <laughs> educate me here is that an installation what do you call that
1: it was a uh, part of uh, an exhibition uh, uh, with a hundred percent gallery and uh, it was a group exhibition and uh, I I made that piece it was the chair is kind of this sculptural element on its own it always has been uh, there are so many artists that have Worth, uh with the, with the symbol, with the utility of the chair. Uh, it has a structure. But this is a found chair that I saw on the street. And I loved it because it reminded me of kind of like the 90s decor that my parents had growing up in their apartment, in our apartment. And um, so I liked that aspect, the aesthetic of it and then i uh, and then i wanted to kind of embellish it even more so i i sewn and stitched uh, this figure on it and then played with the idea like the frame has kind of like these lines coming down so there's a certain pool like that it, like a design element that gives it kind of like a, a falling um well to me a falling flow and so then I sewed uh, the the figure is femme and uh, it has her legs open and so then there is threads coming down the middle. Um, I, I love the idea that it was in some way intimate, but it, but she's, she's not coy. She's not, um, uh, she's uh, in power.
0: I get the impression that a lot of the female figures are, um, are
1: playful, a a little naughty. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely naughty. Uh, There's a play with eroticism and I feel like it's part of the materials uh, that I'm using. Fabric has such a closeness to our bodies. Uh, you know, we wear it all every day and, uh, and in, in some way it can be a stand-in for it, for skin, for contact. And all of that is asking for uh, for you to think about those things, to think about touch and pleasure.
0: Wow. Well, huh. And and what type of pleasure do you find in creating this work?
1: Oh, uh, it's I don't know where I would be without it. <laughs> <laughs> but it really is uh, I think a way there's, I don't know, life is so complicated, but it's been such a constant for me, uh, a way of, um, of having space for myself, you know, that, that allows me to see what's going on because I feel like it's hard to, to understand oneself in some ways and, and to be able to just push Those things, whatever they are—emotions, anxieties—into materials, and then seeing them reflected right in front of you. It just there is. It allows me to deal with everything else that it's around. Mm
0: -hmm. How would you define your practice?
1: Uh, I would say is it's full of joy. It's experimental. Uh, based on on invention and play and um, it, and it's and it speaks of, uh, of a fluid identity of uh, you know because of my background as being South American kid of immigrant parents. And I think it has it has been a way of of creating home.
0: Well, that's a wow. profound. And what do you enjoy most about being an artist?
1: It's, uh, I think it's just, um, it's just fun. And I, it brings me a lot of joy and I, um, I see it. I don't know. I don't, I don't even, I think it's just, it's always been a part of me Mm -hmm. and it's such an ingrained part that it, I can't see myself without it in a lot of ways.
0: And how has COVID impacted you and, and your practice?
1: So that was, this has been a very weird year, I feel like, for, for all of us and, and painful. And uh, I think in ways that we don't even realize right now still, uh, the extent of the consequences um but for me particularly it's been a lot of looking inward as well and you know com- the confinement of being at home even though i am a fan of the domestic space it's been there are feelings that come up of being restricted mm-hmm. but also i have found even a even even a deeper closeness within my small family um because we're always hanging out together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we've created so many different ways of entertaining ourselves from drawing nights to, uh, you know, karaoke nights. Uh, uh, I think it's just really the three of us, my my husband and daughter and, and I, are just like become this like team. <laughs> but then uh, I think it was also... I worked from home, part of it. So I was away from my studio because I wasn't really, at the beginning specifically, I wasn't sure that I could go to studio safely. Um, and, uh, and so I worked on a lot of drawings because they're easier to work at home and small sculptures. Uh, and then when I went back to studio, I felt like there was a real like explosion of like uh, wanting to make work that is large, that is bold um that and that brought a lot of those drawing line qualities within the textile work as well so for the exhibition that i did um that opened in november at part two uh, it was called snail shell and uh it was um a dual exhibition with rachel hayden um it really i think you can see that a lot in the work that there is this the color is is intense, um, there are pieces that are very uh, happy and, and almost like they're a portrayal of dance, but then there are pieces that also, I think, really encapsulate and capture my, my anxiety. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and the name of the show, Snail Shell, was also trying to talk about or describing the idea of bringing Bringing your home with you at all times, you know, like a snail would do.
0: Wow, that one I'd have to think about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean,
0: just looking at your work, it's so upbeat. It, it's um, it's it's fun. Uh, it actually says uh, it says a lot about you. Do you feel people understand your work,
1: or do you ever do you think about people while you're creating? Uh, so when I'm making it, it's like there's often it's more of a it's an intimate moment between what I'm doing with, within myself and, and the materials that I'm using. Um, but, but I do think about, like, there are the characters and figures that come up, that show up, that emerge from the materials are, are flirtatious, right? They're posing. They're looking at somebody. So they are thinking about being... Uh, who's gonna look at them? who's gonna see them? And I and so there is that participation, right that that is expected. but uh, but in terms of like also who is looking at them, I'm hoping that is that is uh, that they're seen as a possibility, an opening, a new way of being that is available, right that we can imagine ourselves, um extending in ways that we could never, uh, that maybe um, we can be many people all at once, that we embrace change, like changing constantly. Um, not just like looking at it as a, as a growing to be finally something that we need to be, but as a getting rid of that expectation that we can just keep on changing at all times um and so and i'm hoping that they're like there for for other maybe uh young brown girls out there that uh, are looking to see um other artists like them that they're going to become like you know i don't know that's as a as somebody that grew up um they were trying to be an artist uh, it was it was hard many times there was There were a lot of people that were, that have said to me, there is no um, room for artwork like the one that you want to make, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I'm hoping to be like, well, there is room and we're making a lot of room. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So comment
0: on your works on paper. Is that watercolor? And it's, it's mainly head, head, uh, headshots. (laughs) I guess there are a couple of bodies here, but what inspired you to create this body of work?
1: So I feel like, and I, and I talk about this when I, um, when I talk about my work to schools or to students, that I have figured out a way to keep my art practice always exciting for me. And I do that by having different ways of making. So I have the sculptures, they are all hand stitched. The wall hangings are more based on using a sewing machine, and they're usually pretty large. And then I have uh, a practice that is on paper and I do I think I started doing a lot of watercolors and wash and things like that but now I'm working more on oil pastel and I think it gives me the ability to to have really an immediacy when making these kind of uh, drawings that I don't have when I work with fabric Uh, everything that I do with fabric takes a long time right there is a labor involved and so it's nice to have this balance that maybe when you come into studio I'm not ready to sit down and sew for three hours so then I go and make a 20-minute drawing I get this feeling and emotion out and then I'm ready then I'm ready to (laughs) sew for three hours
0: (laughs) I love it I love it so what are you excited about now
1: Uh, well, I, you know, I think a lot of the things that drive my art practice is learning and I'm always curious of what I can figure out. And right now uh, I've been doing this VR art camp that is run by Judith Navratil. And, um, it's, I am not a digital person in any way. Everything I do is like very craft based. Uh, but this is a different kind of craft, and I'm learning so much. I'm doing it with my daughter because she's so much better at that computer stuff, even though she's ten. Uh, <laughs> well, you hey, know, there you go. <laughs> you know, and so we're kind of collaborating on this, and it's so exciting. Exciting to see her getting involved in it, and for me to learn something new of a different kind of material. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think I'm excited about that. I'm excited about, uh, I might be having, getting access to a kiln really soon too. So I want to make all these like clay and ceramic things. Mm. Yeah, mainly learning. <laughs> I want to learn more.
0: I tell you, it keeps life exciting. Keeps life exciting. Yes. Yeah, that whole concept of, of VR,
1: um, I, c- I can't even imagine. Yeah, you can make a world a, a, a world. So you get to walk in and experience, meet with other people. I'm learning the program hubs, which I don't know. It's, it's all very new to me. Mm-hmm. So I probably sound like somebody else that it's more experienced would be like, Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. Right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> this has been a, a delightful conversation. It's it's uh, speaking to you is gives me the same feeling as I get when I look at your art. So what do, what do you feel is your role as an artist?
1: Well, my, I think is to, um, to, like I was saying, I think bring uh, a possibility to, uh, to viewers, to people that are looking at the artwork to show them that there is a different way of being, of making, um, and, um, yeah. And the opening a new door to a different world. That's, I hope that's what I can do. Yeah. No, you definitely. Um, it's it's unique. It's it, it's
0: interesting to look at. So let's uh, before we finalize this chat, um, you have an opening.
1: Oh yes, um, coming uh, right up in June June twenty six. It's going to be at Chandran Gallery. Uh, it's a group exhibition uh, organized and curated by Yaro, uh, a local artist here in the Bay Area. And, uh, I'm very excited about it because it's, it's going to be a very, uh, it's, a uh, there are a variety and, uh, several artists and, uh, from here. And I feel like I, I need that in some way, that sense of like community of being together, um, uh, of seeing, I mean, I'm hoping we get to, we get to see it in person too. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, because, uh, of, of being isolated for a while so i'm i'm excited of feeling like my work will be with many other artists that's great i'm excited
0: for you thank you so much maria i, I really appreciate your time today
1: thank you phyllis thank you for for all the great questions and for your interest thank you thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks Podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.